T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. I got some banana bread at work today, dude. Hell yeah. Sports Talk Saturday. But there's a lot of bad things in this world, dude. Like skunks, dude? Hell no. Scratching your eye, but it's still itchy, dude? Hell no. Like getting paid not a lot of money, dude, for working? Hell no. On WGR. But banana bread at work, dude? Hell yeah. Sports Radio 550. Welcome back in Hour 3 Sports Talk Saturday. I wish I was uh, as passionate about anything as that man was about banana bread at work. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt, we're in for another hour here. Thank you all for joining us. We're happy to be here for you. If you have any thoughts on anything, Bill's schedule still, if you have anything to get off your chest from that, from back on Thursday, to the Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA Finals going on as well. Well, the NBA playoffs, I should say. Why do they always call it the NBA Finals? I don't know. Anyway, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, we've got them here. 803-0551-888-552-550. But real quick, uh, I think I'm going to just go ahead and say uh, find the uh, find the IIHF hockey theme, Josh, so that we can do something about the Sabres at the World Championships. A quick little recap of what's been going on. With those players out there. Unfortunately, Henry Yokiharu could not play for Finland. He was out due to COVID protocols. But Josh, I'm going to turn to you here and get a recap of the Sabres at the Worlds at the current moment. Well, currently they have three players in the World Championships. It would be Rasmus Asplund, Rasmus Dahlin, and John Hayden, obviously. Dylan Cousins? Or and Dylan, No, not Rasmus Asplund. I'm sorry. It's Dylan Cousins. That's the third one. I always get them. Asplund didn't play? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I'll take a peek at that, but okay. let's, let's hear well, from the rest. Anyway, so John Hayden is on Team USA with fellow coach, fellow Sabre member Don Granado, as Don Granado is a member of the coaching staff for Team USA. Dylan Cousins, a member of Team Canada, scored a game-tying goal and game-winning goal in the shootout for Canada the other day. And Rasmus Dahlin, as I said, is on Team Sweden, scored, almost scored one heck of a highlight reel goal for Sweden against, I believe it was Latvia. Um, but all the Sabres doing pretty well so far, from what I know, and and it's exciting to see them back on the national or the international stage, I should say. And it's 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 fun to watch Rasmus Dahlin be Rasmus Dahlin in with with his Swedish teammates. It's a great yeah, time. Yeah, it, it's been it's been interesting. And five members of the Sabres are five. in there. Wow. It, Asplund is a okay. part of a, a Team Sweden. That's as what I well. thought, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. It's hard to find AIHF stuff online. Asplund actually skated a team high twenty five oh one. In Sweden's last win, 
So it's nice to see him getting some heavy ice time. Yeah, I mean, he, he really stepped up at, towards the end of the Sabres season in, in the defensive role, and I wonder if they're kind of leaning on him in the same way for, for Team Sweden. And looking at their games today, well, one of them had to have already been played. Uh, two of them probably. As uh, Cousins and Canada t- took on Italy, and that said, um, oh, this is for Sunday, excuse me. Um, these games, well, this one's going to be a little too early on Sunday. Uh, 5.20 a.m. for Cousins in Canada against Italy. I don't think that's appointment television. I don't think we need to look at that and think that's something we need to look at. And then the U.S. with Granado and Hayden there. along They take on Austria at 9.20 tomorrow morning. And finally, Sweden with Asplund and Dahlin taking on Chechia. I believe that's how you say it. I it sounds correct. Hope that is what it is. So far, Chechia. so far, I don't think any, any, no Sabers. Czechia, Czech, as in like Czech Republic and Slovakia, Czechia. I think so. It it's isn't it like kind of a combination of the two. I am very upset about this uh, about this new name. <laughs> But there well, it is. None of the Sabres, except for except for Dylan Cousins, have points so far. But granted, there's only been one game played for pretty much all the teams. So, tournament's just getting started, but it's exciting to see so many of the Sabres members of these teams. And we would have seen more, like you said, with Henry Okiharu. And Tage Thompson was contemplating going and playing for Team USA, but opted out. Which I'm okay with. He could work on his, work on his own thing or take some time off, you know. It's his summer. He can do what he wants with it. Exactly. You train the way you want to and take the time that you need to to go through with it. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt, we're here with you on Sports Talk Saturday. And in the last uh, bigger segment that we had, we had made mention of teams that could have the biggest ripple effect if they fail to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs in one of these five game sevens. The first round is just throwing all the violence and chaos out there for us, by the way. So proud. I hope it keeps up the whole the whole way through. I mean, this has been fantastic. It's been fantastic, and you want to hope for the high-scoring capabilities of all these teams to continue on as well. And we looked at the Calgary Flames as one of the biggest potential fallouts for the rest of the NHL, and it would include the likes of the Sabres. If a guy like Johnny Gaudreau is out there, that allows the Sabres to go after more of the mid-market guys, those veteran guys that could help out with the middle six or help out with a little bit more on the forward court they would really be a beneficial player in all of this because they do need to spend to the cap floor as well. But now we looked at it, and we talked about it off the air, bringing it up. Calgary's opponent may also be subject to major cap ramifications and fallout if they are to fail. Yeah, the Dallas Stars have no cap space currently. They are potentially in a world of hurt if teams like doing offer sheets and if they can't sign back some of their marquee players. I mean, let's start off with the extreme negatives of dead cap, which is something you never want. Obviously, Ben Bishop retired earlier this year after, isn't it? It's some sort of like bone disease, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so he unfortunately retired, has $4.9 million left on their cap for one more year. I don't think there's a way for them to get out of that either. Um, Brayden Holtby will be coming off their cap, but he's also on LTIR right now. Currently can't help the team in the playoffs. 
And Anton Kudobin, who had a stellar season a couple seasons ago when Dallas made their run to the Western Conference Finals in the bubble, is in the minors being paid $2.2 million to play minor league hockey. Yikes. And that's still on their cap for another year. Yes, and that's still on their cap for another year. Then you look at who they have to sign. Assistant captain John Klingberg is a UFA at the end of the year. Vladislav Nemestikov, middle six guy, UFA at the end of the year. Alexander Radulov, this is more of a bonus, but he was a big portion of this team for a few years now. He's a UFA at the end of the year, brings 6.2 off the cap. Then you look at the heavy hitters of Jason Robertson, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, and Joe Pavelski. Obviously, Pavelski, Ben, and Sagan are all signed long-term. Well, Pavelski only signed for one more year, regardless. Jason Robertson is an RFA at the end of the year after scoring 79 points this season. And has been almost literally, like almost exactly, I should say, a -a point-of-game player for the Dallas Stars since coming into the NHL. Right. He hasn't done too much in the playoffs. He's only got three points in six games. But he's a rookie putting up 79 points in 74 games. Last year, he put up 45 and 51. Yeah, he's, 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 gonna, got some, he's got some talent. He's going to get at least $7 million, Or he's going to want, I should say, at least $7 million. And he, he he's obviously under team control, but like we were talking about with Carolina, did Carolina, throwing I, out that offer sheet, open up teams' eyes to more offer sheet ideas? I don't think so in the grand scheme of things. It's still a fantasy that we all have as as hockey fans. But the other thing about it is, that's going to hurt because you mentioned Klingberg, a, p- a key piece of their defensive core that has really been one of their emotional leaders. And you look at the stars and go, why the heck did you decide to pay Ryan Suter 3.6 for another three years after this? Why'd you give him a four-year deal? At the age of 36, you signed him to a four-year deal? That's just irresponsible. And now they may pay the price with Klingberg. Because they're going to be up against the cap. Robertson's going to command a huge raise. And Klingberg becomes one of the better defensemen on the open market. Klingberg had 47 points in 74 games this year. And his career high is 67 in 82 back in 2017-18. He's had 374 points in 552 games as a defenseman. And not to mention, he's probably one of the more stabilizing forces that Dallas has back there. And he's and he's been there his whole career. He's a veteran. He's he is a very much a part of this team. Even for guys like even for especially for especially for guys like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. I mean, they've played with him basically their whole careers. Now, you made mention of this off the air, one of the biggest reasons that Klingberg and Dallas become one of the more interesting factors is You know one of the issues that the Sabres still have it's a right-handed defenseman. I'll let you imagine me leading it up to what the answer that John Klingberg is. He trains with Darlene in the offseason. They already have the connection. He's a right-shot defenseman. You need someone to pair with Darlene or even with power. Just have him on this team, and he would change a lot. A right-handed defenseman. Coming on the books, and you need to get to the cap floor. 
And not to mention, there are fans that are probably like a little more concerned about messing with the forward core as it's been growing and developing. Well, you don't have to worry about that with Klingberg. Right. If you sign a defenseman, he's not going to mess up your forwards at all. He's not going to mess up your forward lines at all. Nothing. As a matter of fact, though, he's not going to mess it up. He's going to make them better because he's another strong skater, good passer, and another power play quarterback for you. That is a different-handed shot, no less. So you don't have to worry right away about it. And you could even, oh my goodness, think about this. You can even put two defensemen on the power play if Klingberg is one of them with, i.e., a Dahlin or a power. Yeah, you could just strap Klingberg to one of those power play units as well. And you can have two defensemen on one power play unit and it not be a bad idea. As a matter of fact, go put Klingberg on PP1 and have Dahlin just go terrorize. Yeah, I mean, Klingberg can be your defensive anchor in most scenarios with power or with Dahlin. He, he he is offensively inclined, but he is very sound defensively in his own zone. And if you take a rookie like Owen Power or even a guy that's been in the year or been in the league for a few years like Rasmus Dahlin, you can say, okay, go do your thing. Be offensive as heck. Go out there and dangle people. And if you mess up, you've got the big man right behind you, and he's going to cover your butt. Exactly. And Klingberg adds a little bit of physicality along with his skill and it's a perfect addition. If da- And Dallas has been this team that's been middling for a long time. And then they got that Stanley Cup run, surprise run in 2020. But I think they're at their potential. They reached their limit already. And now they're kind of on a decline. Those Ben and Sagan contracts loom large for the Stars, though, now. Both at 1 at 9.5, 1 at 9.8. I mean, that's... Yeah. that's- crazy of course then there is uh there's edmonton la the kings surprisingly have a uh interestingly long drought as well they haven't won a playoff series since 2014 so they're an interesting one to look at as well pittsburgh new york this is the one series we haven't talked about the penguins have a couple of key players from their old cup runs and their and their playoff teams that are up for contract. That is another interesting team. Pittsburgh may have a run end. Malkin becoming a UFA would be able to seek out that line one for a couple of years on another team. After always being in Crosby's shadow, he could be that guy. But now you also have to look at Crosby himself. He suffers another concussion on what I thought was an egregious hit from Truba. What happens with Crosby with yet another head injury? Crosby doesn't have anything to prove anymore. He's been a perennial winner. He's been one of the best players from start to finish in his entire career. Do you think it's enough for him to just walk away? I don't personally think so, but it could happen. And if that happens, well, Pittsburgh knows what they're throwing the next couple of years of money at. It's going to be Malkin to be their center one. Brian Rust, though, being a UFA, he'll get a pay raise. Chris Letang out there in UFA. Hey, the Sabres could bring back Nathan Beaulieu. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Rust is an interesting one to me. I mean, he's had a pretty good season. He's a scoring winger, and he's scrappy. He's kind of like... Jeff Skinner light in a sense where he can score you goals and he can get in people's faces. And I think that'd be an interesting piece to add 
but you don't want to block guys like J.J. Paterka or Jack Quinn. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing that makes this offseason so interesting is you have so many people that could come up. You have to make sure you, whoever you're signing doesn't block them. But, I mean, with, back to the Penguins here, I don't know if Malkin even stays in the NHL. Really? I've I've wondered if he goes back to the KHL. Pulls a Datsuk. Mm-hmm. End his career home, or Kovalchuk. Well, Kovalchuk came back a couple times. Kovalchuk came back, but like he did go there for a decent amount of the end of his career. But, I mean, think about it. Malkin, his core was Crosby and Latang and Fleury, and I'm trying to think of other, these other Penguins teams that terrorized us in the past. Gensel is one of their new pieces going forward. Right, but like I say... You don't. Crosby is a question mark, kind of, with this concussion. Latang might not come back. Flurry's not there anymore. Malkin's all alone. He doesn't have anyone from that from his original teams anymore. And I wonder if that plays a part of it in him leaving. Yeah, you know, I was does he say, have the, the most... same? Does he have the same connection with these younger players and these newer players that he did with the older ones? Yeah, it might just be a question of where Malkin ends up, not if he stays. I mean, what team can sign him? I mean, he's still going to get a big, big paycheck. Exactly, and that's where that Johnny Goudreau thing looms large. If the right. if the Flames lose, like that's an interesting piece. But then Malkin's able to kind of be in the shadows a little bit, and some team go, "Hey, that's a one C for at least a couple of years." Right, and I you mean, you might even take a risk and sign him for four. Depending on what Goudreau gets, it's going to shape the market. Like we were talking about off air with with the 2016 free agency. Yeah, that's the thing is that I look at this free agency class and I see a lot of 2016 ready to happen. Teams throw heavy money at players and go all in on free agency pushes. There's another player in Pittsburgh that uh, becomes a UFA that's going to look for a nice little raise as well. It's one certain Evan Rodriguez. 43 points this year in 82 games. Took some top line minutes when called upon. So he's a nice mid-six guy for another team looking for depth. And I wish that the Sabres didn't burn that bridge with him under different coaching regimes because that would be someone that I would hammer the table for. I, I, I still remember very vividly yeah. watching him. Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> it was a game against the Red Wings. Ralph. And Rodriguez was on our penalty kill. Not only did he take the puck from the Red Wings in our defensive zone, instead of clearing it, he skates down the ice, skates around, skates two laps in the offensive zone, Comes back to the blue line, dumps it back in the corner, and goes off for a line change. He killed 30 seconds of the power play by himself against five other Red Wings players. Granted, it was the Red Wings like four years ago when, when they the were, Red Wings were when they were like just scraping the barrel clean. Right, right. But it's still one guy against five. Yeah, and that's that is something that you you don't see very often. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not I saying I wish they. I wish Ralph Kruger didn't burn that bridge right. so terribly yeah. that he demanded a trade out of here because. That's exactly the versatile piece that you want. You want a guy, he, he's a guy that can go, you can put him anywhere in the lineup and he'll play. You need a PK guy? He can do it. You need a guy to fill in on a couple of games for an injury to a top line player? He can be on it. You need a guy in your middle six? He's there. Hell, you need him on the fourth line because your team is deep? Well, guess what? Erod. And it's unfortunate. I mean, who knows? Maybe under a different regime, Rodriguez could come back? Uh, it's a pipe dream, probably. But well, I mean, was Kevin Adams GM when they traded him? A moment. 2019-2020, so... No. No. He was not. So, I mean, he could make a phone call and say, hey, we're... 
We're new. We're, hey, we don't have different. Ralph anymore. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> so much of the fan base still likes you. Get over here. You could take number nine. He. Oh, my God, he could. <laughs> there you go. Fix all your jerseys for you. You're welcome. <laughs> that is... I, I didn't even think about that. That's what, great. What a heel turn that would be. Imagine... From college line me to, I'm taking your jersey and everyone's putting my name on it. Right. Like, like we kind of <laughs> discovered Rodriguez because of drafting Eichel. And now... Imagine him coming back. It, 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 that would just be full circle at its finest. Yeah, it would. It, but I do think that Rodriguez has earned himself a shot with a contender as well. So if the Penguins, I mean, we, if the Penguins don't advance, the Sabers could be a contender in a few years. Is that yeah? But blasphemy to say 20, <laughs> twenty-eight coming off his best season now. Well, right, right. He wants a, to. He wants to go someone right now. But also, he could cash in. He's never had a contract. Well, he had one contract where he had a $2 million cap hit under Botrell, of course. But, um, pardon me. <laughs> but uh, the thing is that he comes off a career-high 43 points here with the Penguins. The Los Angeles Kings. Could that be a, de- a destination? Dustin Brown's retiring. His cap hit comes off. $5.8 million right there. Andreas Antonisiu, probably not going to resign. Yeah, no. That's 2.7 right there. That is more than enough for Evan Rodriguez, but is that the piece they need? They also have a lot of RFAs and a lot of younger guys coming up. They have a lot of younger guys they're going to need to take care of, Kempe in particular. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll have some answers that they need to come up with. Uh, Their whole decor is pretty much free agents that are not named uh, Dowdy and Matt Waugh. Tobias Bjornfoot's a good prospect, and same with Jordan Spence, but they're both 21. They need to fix up their whole decor because Edler, UFA. Mata, UFA. Stetcher, UFA. Anderson, RFA. Dursey, RFA. They have a lot lot of work to do on their end. But then in addition to the other RFAs, you mentioned they had a lot. You weren't kidding. Kempe is an RFA. Brendan Lemieux. Leas Anderson. All of them. Remember remember, uh, Brendan Lemieux? Remember him? Yeah. Good times. Uh-huh. That's great. Carl Gunstrom's another one. He's... Great great draft pick there, Tim. <laughs> I'll never forget the three years of Tim Murray drafting not with the second overall pick, man. They passed up Braden Point how many times? Three. So did everyone else except well, for Tampa. Yeah, that's, that's true. A lot of teams did. A lot of teams passed him up three times. But... The point remains that the Kings could be an interesting one, but they have a lot of cap space that they can maneuver with, or at least more than other teams that we'd mention. We didn't even talk about the Rangers in this series. Like The Rangers are in another... All these, like you said, every single one of these games is going to have so many repercussions. The Rangers have just... I don't even know how to put it besides consistency is key. And you need your young prospects to show up. But at worst, who are they losing? Is well, the big that, thing. That's the thing is they're not losing much. But it's they, when they're, is they're when is La, when is Lafreniere going to have a sixty point season? When is Capocacco going to have a sixty point yeah, season? Yeah, their issues may be with trades if they don't do it. But they right. also have been slowly building toward this anyway. No, yeah, for sure. They I did mean, accelerate it with signing Panarin and 
keeping Zabinijad around on a major extension and Kreider, of course. But the thing is, is that they also aren't in a cap hell situation. Uh, Adam Fox's minimum uh, minimum deal, minimum league minimum deal, <laughs> turns to nine point five after this year. I'm saying it's still not cap hell, right? But you have a you have two players. Here's the offset for you. Ryan Strom's making four and a half. He's a UFA. Andrew Kopp, three point six. He's a UFA. There's where, there's where your money goes. Right. Done. I fixed the Rangers' cap problem. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> they have. It's still a lot of youth. It's not this year. It's going to be the next couple where they will really have questions on what they have to do. Honestly, the only player of note that you think they might lose in it, all of this is like well, Georgiev's an RFA. Stroman cop, they're really not going to worry about. Maybe try to find a buyout for Barclay Goudreau. <laughs> but that's it. That's all that they're really worried about right now. Why you still have Ryan Reeves on your cap next year is beyond me, but okay. He's the toughness factor. Yeah, Tom Wilson broke your team. <sighs> but again, the Rangers are an interesting piece too, but I don't think they're there's no much there's no fallout for them if they lose. It's just okay, you made it back to the playoffs, you just didn't capitalize on having home ice. Against a team that was really behind you all year. You were fighting for a one seed. The three seed was difficult anyway. You just couldn't capitalize. But you have a lot of youth. You have a lot of guys that are still very promising. And you still have veterans that can help you get through there again. As long as your goaltending is as good as it was. Well, yeah. The the problem with them this series has been Shesterkin was through the roof through the regular season, almost beating Jacques Plant's record of save percentage. And then... But now that they're not getting otherworldly goaltending, it's a little bit of a difficult issue. Right. You you can't rely on your goaltender 100% of the time. You can lean on him maybe 60% of the time. That's basically what they did this year. But the other 40%, you gotta you got to be able to have either, either a backup or dependable offense and defense in front of him. Yeah, no. Like, heading into the end of this season, by the way, like, past the trade deadline, the Rangers are one of the better teams in terms of cap space, by the way. So I'm not. I don't think there's any fallout from them, whether it be stigma or cap issues. It's teams like Calgary or Pittsburgh that may have some fallout. Tampa will have some as well with cap space if they don't make it. But they've won two cups. Who cares? You paid your price. More coming to you on the other side here. As Sports Talk Saturday finishes up, half hour left. Dare Kramer, Josh Schmidt, we're with you here on WGR. Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday, Dare Kramer, Josh Schmidt, we're here with you for another half hour before we get out of here. Thank you to our guests from earlier today. Brian Koziel joined us in the first hour. Pat Malacaro started off the second hour with us. You can hear all of those segments and as well as anything else that we've talked about on demand at WGR550.com and on the Odyssey app. So Josh and I went heavy on these Stanley Cup playoffs, and it's only fitting that with these five game sevens, we pick them. 
You know what to do here, Josh. Get the music. As we finally get through here, round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. What do you mean, what music? What do you mean, what music? Get some hockey music. Oh, I thought there was like some special... Get the music. So that we can, we can end this segment of... End this topic. Just put that on the loop. As we get it started here. Of course, the first one that happens... Oh, yay, the Boston Bruins can advance in the playoffs. This is fantastic. See, I still haven't forgiven Carolina for 2006, but I'd love to see them beat Boston. It's not like Carolina did anything other than just cash in on the good fortune. I still don't like them. It's annoying. <laughs> that's what. That's why I don't like them, the annoyance. But Boston broke this team for years. Oh, I know. That's why I want Carolina to win. But then I want them to lose immediately next round. That's fair. But there it is. Boston and Carolina... I'm guessing that's your pick. Carolina, yeah. Because, I mean, it'd be great to see, like, I mean, you think this is Bergeron's last year in Boston. He's a free agent, too. I think that's how they stay alive, is Patrice Bergeron constantly being their best player. And I think that they reverse the fortunes. As much as I hate how annoying Boston has been for years and years and years... Like, they get Taylor Hall, and he just goes, Oh, I just want to be one of the guys. Why'd you sign the no trade? <sighs> Control. That's what everyone wants. But Boston probably will go ahead and be like, Yay, it's us. Take that. Ha ha ha. Depends on who's starting in goal, I think. Swayman. Oh, he is. Yeah, they're Ooh. keeping him in. Ooh. Swayman and Ranta. Three games in a row for Swayman. It's going to be tough. Might be tough, but it's been... Unfortunately, Linus Olmark has not had the best of uh, playoff endeavors so far. I want to see a, I want to see a, a bunch of jerk celebration if they win the series. Yeah, but I, you ready for this? It would add another saber that wins a playoff series before Jack uh, gone picking Boston. That's true. It, three sabers: Olmark, Lazar, and Hall. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's a lot of former sabers in the, in the playoffs this year. Yep. So we move on now. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, the big one that is going to have plenty of hockey attention, uh, plenty of attention from the hockey world. Can Toronto do it? It's not about do you think that it'd be funny if they didn't. It's can they actually do it? You need to think with your head, not with your heart. Yes, Toronto will win. I'm speaking it into existence so it doesn't happen. <laughs> wow, you're trying to jinx yourself. <laughs> Every time I predict something in sports, it always goes wrong. That's why yeah. I don't do well betting. Yeah, that might be a good point. Um, I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning do win. I think they move on because of the fact that they know how to do this. And unfortunately, mental aspect of the game sometimes can really get there. Like Brian had mentioned with me in his segment, if, if Tampa scores first... The pressure is on, and you will hear a pin drop. The tension of the arena and the fan atmosphere would be horrible for this team. No, you won't hear a pin drop. You will hear boos upon boos. I don't know how many they fit, but it will be that many thousand boos. All right, well, like say it's tie game with 1230 left. Oh. And you're just, you would hear nothing. 
they'd be so nervous. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're. I thought you were saying for the first goal. Oh, I know, like you'd hear the booze there, but like I'm talking like after that. Oh yeah, because you would need the goal, and they're just sitting, hoping, hoping. And there's nothing worse than that mental aspect. I think it being at home and how much it's been going wrong for the Leafs in elimination games, it being at home is probably the worst thing for them. If it was on the road, they'd be able to play loose with this. I don't think, no matter what they say, it's not going to be as easy as they say it is. I wonder how many of their Game 7 losses have been at home. I don't think many of them, because usually they were the lower seed. Last year. Oh, well, aside from last year. Hang on, ready? I've got it for you. Because they were usually the lower seed to Boston. Ready? Last year, in the first round, technically in the qualifying round against the Blue Jackets, it was in Toronto. And 2019 against Boston, they were the top seed. No, wait, no, excuse me. They could have closed it out at home. They did end up in TD Garden for that. But it was over the last two years, they have been home. So I think the Lightning win based on the head games. All right. Next up, the last one for tonight, Edmonton and Los Angeles. Connor McDavid has said four goals should win it in the playoffs. It may have been a shot at the goaltender. It may have been a shot at the team defense. But if the Oilers do not advance with McDavid and Dreisaitl again, it is going to be Bedlam in Edmonton. Is Connor McDavid the next Jack Eichel requesting a trade? Obviously, different scenario. With that contract, it's a lot harder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 12 and a half is not easy to move. No. And everything you'd have to give up for the best player. Creating the same situation that he's in. Right, because you'd give up so much. You'd have no depth. You'd have no depth, and he'd be in the same spot. Exactly. So, I do think that Edmonton has the better players. Is it going to be enough? LA has one on the road in the series. It's going to matter who scores first here. L.A. has been great. They've won each game when they score first. The team that scores first wins these games in this series. It's going to come down to that again. I think Edmonton does it, though. See, I think... God, this is so hard for me because L.A. was my only underdog pick to come out of the first round. And I think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to score first, but I think they're going to do it. Really? You think they'd be able to come back from it? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, scoring first is just a goal. It's only one goal. So I think LA's going to do it, but I don't think they're going to score first. All right. Interesting prediction there. Then the two games on Sunday, Pittsburgh and New York. Sidney Crosby was on the ice for practice today. What that means, we don't know. I mean, let's be real. Sports team doctors trying to clear the best player that they have? Hmm. Not surprising at all. Oh, I thought you were going in the whole vagueness of injuries in the NHL, like Rick DiPietro. Well, that too, but they're going to want to try to rush him into this lineup. It's going to be a question of what happens here in net. Well, and he's going to want to rush into the lineup. I mean, yeah. think about it. it yeah. Like like I said before, this could be his last game with Malkin. This could be his last game with Latang. The band will be broken up if, one way or another, but I'm going to give it to Pittsburgh. They've been better with Crosby in the lineup, and if he's there... Count it for sure. I think New York. I think Shesterkin's going to come back with a vengeance. And I think, I mean, Zabenejad scored two goals in a minute 16 last night. 
They were playing like their life was on the line last night, and that's what they're going to do in front of their home crowd. See, this is a different scenario. When you're at home for the for the Leafs, it's so much different because of all of the pressure on you from everything else outside from of your past. just the game. With the Rangers, you're on basically a clean slate. I mean, sure, you're playing in MSG, the one of the best arenas in the world, but your fans, and not to say Toronto's fans aren't behind them, no, but the your pressure's fans are different. more behind them. There's, yeah. no, there's no pressure because this team made it for the first time in a little bit. So you are absolutely right about that. Um, that does matter because it's energy. It's not pressure. It's a different kind, and some teams will, more teams than not, will thrive on the energy that is not existential dread. But I think that if Crosby's in the lineup, they're, de- they're better defensively too. There's that aspect you have to remember as well. Finally, the Stars and the Flames. This is the one where a team collapses upon itself. This is the one that the band gets broken up. The core is erased, eradicated, everything. Calgary does not make it through this one. They are too inconsistent right now with their defensive and offensive capabilities. Excuse me. They're too inconsistent with their offensive capabilities. They're a defensive team. And that usually tends to go to the lesser talented one when it's a defensive struggle. Give me the stars. I don't mean to sound like a devil's advocate here picking all the opposite picks of you, but I'm going to go Flames. You say they're being inconsistent. You say they're on a cold streak. I mean, they came in to this season where they maybe be a playoff team, and then they just exploded. And something like this Game 7 against... A underdog team with a coach like Daryl Sutter, who coached the LA Kings to what three or, or four Stanley Cup finals, two Stanley Cup wins. He's a different type of coach that gets a lot out of his players, and I think he's going to just he's he's going to be a big part of the reason why they just change momentum completely tonight. I think, and I think Flames win it. I I, I couldn't tell you the sco- the score because this series has been the weirdest one where it. There's been like six goals scored the whole series, it feels like. But I think the Flames are going to do it, and I think this might be a spark for them for the rest of the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Last segment of Sports Talk Saturday coming up on the other side here. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt, we're wrapping it up next on WGR. Welcome back. Final segment of Sports Talk Saturday. When you hear this music, you know it's a random nonsense segment. I'm going to say anything or anything that um, does not have anything to do with sports, probably. You know what? Keep that faded up a little bit as we we go to close this show out. I saw something that uh, made me a little... uh, like just the eyebrow raise kind of thing, like skeptical. Um, according, to, so a live action Pokemon series is coming to Netflix, and I have one question: Why do we need to keep making live action for animated shows? I've never understood this. I guess, well, I mean, the music playing is from Sonic Adventure, uh, so 
the success of Sonic does have something to do with this, I guess. And Detective Pikachu was a fairly good movie in the box office. But why do we need to? Re- why do we need live action remakes of everything? We don't. That is not how it goes. Sometimes the animation is enough. I'm going to spill my pop on the computer because I keep banging on the table. I mean, even look, look at like 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 the Lion King. That, that did not have to happen. No, it did not, not have to happen at all. Live action. Garbage. It wasn't even really live action. It was garbage. It was bad. Was it, Beauty and the Beast was another one. And not then, good. And Aladdin too. Aladdin was okay actually. It was all right. But that's one that you could get away with that with. Right, because it has people in it. Like yeah. the Lion King, that's animals. Pokemon is pocket <laughs> monsters. That's literally the word. That's literally the definition. Majority pocket monsters, not so much people. This is why nobody wants to keep Netflix. No, it's because you're going to take away our password sharing, you jerks. We're broke. This is their cheap ploy to get everyone to resubscribe. That's what it is. Get everyone with the nostalgia feels and just be like, Hey, look, we got Pokemon. We're bringing it in live action. Come back. They're gonna make. They're where, gonna. Where are you going? No! Stop going to Hulu! Crap! They're gonna make a fantastic trailer that's gonna get everyone hooked, and then just pull the rug out from under you. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's I don't usually know. what happens. I saw the remake of the first Pokemon movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. It wasn't good looking at all. Stop live remaking everything that's animated. Stop. Come up with your own ideas, you narcs. That'll do it. Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt, we've been hanging out with you. Thanks for hanging out with us and possibly not turning the dial out on that last segment. I don't know. Maybe you did. I don't care. Um, That's your prerogative. Thanks. You're not hearing this. Thank you anyway. (laughs) But thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. I think Nate's back, actually, for his own show next week. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see if I get a text this week saying, Derek, I need you to go back in. We'll see what happens. But thank you to Pat Malacaro and Brian Koziel for joining me in the first and second hours. You can always look at those at WGR550.com. Thank you to Josh. He also filled in here today for Zach. Hopefully you're having yourself a great weekend. Try to stay cool. Catch you on the other side. Howard and Jeremy, back Monday morning. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.